sold her lot, one of the few show places in Posadas. I'd driven by on numerous occasions and never stopped. Several times I'd heard second-hand versions of disputes she'd had with neighbors who didn't know quack grass from Choya. But what was a neighborhood without a rumor or dispute or two? And so that afternoon I drove west on Bustos Avenue, past Pershing Park, where Black Jack's old tank, too hot today to touch, rested on its concrete pedestal, waiting all these years for Pancho Villa to spring another attack across the border. A few blocks behind the park, I turned right onto 6th Street, as far ahead as I could see until the McAdam of 6th turned to dirt and the horizon faded into the heat waves, not a soul stirred, no kids on bikes, no health nuts striding out their daily mileage, not even a dog sniffing a tire. Posadas baked, and anyone with any sense stayed inside where air conditioners or thick, cool adobe made the midday heat bearable. The retired postmistress lived two houses from the north end of 6th Street, in the house that she'd purchased new in 1974. When she'd moved in, the lot was level, sand, a nicely uniform, blemish-free canvas for her to attack, and attack it she had, Whatever she planted thrived, whether or not the garden catalogs or the experts said it would survive our blast furnace summers. Carla Champlin didn't just give in to the climate and plant cacti and rocks like her neighbors did. Maybe Carla Champlin had a water bill in quadruple digits. My theory was that she simply told the plants that they damn well better grow or else, and grow they did a riot of color and texture that packed every square inch from curb to front door and then skirted the house to the backyard with its huge grape arbor and vegetable garden. I parked 310 at the curb and took a deep breath before getting out, taking in the incredible show. Carla could have won every class in every county fair flower show if that's what she'd wanted. Apparently, she left the competition to others. Judging from the drape of the grapevines in the arbor, she was going to have a bumper crop of raisins, if nothing else. The arbor served a dual purpose, though. Parked in its shade was a medium-sized, self-contained RV, one of those big, stub-nosed beasts that folks in the north buy to flee southward come winter. I hadn't realized Carla Champlin was the traveling type, but whether she was or not, the colors of the RV meshed perfectly with the rest of the display. With a sigh, I got out of the car. Not a breath of air stirred, and the sky was blank and featureless, like a fine piece of stainless steel with a light spray coat of blue paint. Two strides put me between the first rows of daylilies, dahlias, and delphiniums. Although I was sure it was my imagination, the yard felt cooler and a little more friendly. I reached the front step just as the door opened. Good! Miss Champlin said. You got my note. That sufficed as a greeting, and she pushed open the aluminum storm door and beckoned. The first wash of cool air from deep inside the house was wonderful as I stepped inside. I took off my straw bailey and dropped it on a handy chair. With one smooth motion, Carla Champlin closed the front door behind me, stepped around and picked up my hat and hung it properly on the rack beside the dark wood frame mirror Having thus established that she, by God, was in control, she beckoned me to follow. Let's go to the kitchen, 
she said over her shoulder. It's cooler there, and I'm sure you'll like some iced tea or some such. How are you doing, Carla? I said. Your flowers look great. If she replied, I didn't hear it. As I made my way toward the kitchen, I scanned the photos that lined the hallway. They weren't of family or famous politicians or snow-capped mountains. Each was an identically framed photo of Carla Champlin kneeling beside a show dog, the ribbons mostly blue, prominently displayed. The champions were without exception boxers, each as flat-faced, stub-tailed, and bulging with muscles as the next. They all looked like clones of the same dog. I stopped beside one photo, whose background included a large sign that announced the Pawtucket National Trials. The dog in that portrait was gazing off into the distance, as if deep in thought, probably an impossibility. The ribbon Carla Champ.